everyone and welcome to slasher street podcast my name is ryan devlin and thank you so much for joining me once again this is a horror movie podcast where each episode i will be reviewing and discussing in detail a different horror movie from our epic collection here at the house just one man sitting on his own talking about his love of horror films and i hope you're all having an awesome week and uh, welcome to the show now apologies again i keep seem to be saying this almost every episode but apologies there was no episode last week um yeah i'm not going to hold any uh excuses on that one basically i don't know what it's been i don't know why i don't know how i'm feeling like this but just the last couple of weeks i've just been feeling a little bit down uh, my holidays have been cancelled my beloved carlisle united have been losing every single game we've gone from top of the league to 12th um and yeah i've just really struggled to find any uh, motivation the last couple of weeks. It's been a very strange one, and normally, as you know, guys, on this podcast, I'm a very positive, upbeat kind of person, uh, and that's the reason that I didn't want to do the show last week, because I wasn't feeling very positive. I wasn't feeling very upbeat with everything that was happening, um, and uh, that wouldn't have been the show, the quality and the fun show that you expect from from Slasher Street Podcast and myself, so I didn't put a show out last week, and I'm kind of saying now, um, you know, we're going to try and do it every week, but it's probably going to be every fortnight unless I get, you know, the time to get one in every week. It's just one of those things, you know, when uh, when you're doing something as just a, a passion project and a bit of fun, it has to be fun and it has to come across as fun to you guys as well. So, yeah, that was just the, the reason there was no show last week. So apologies about that. But we are back now. We have a show this week and this is going to be such a good one, everyone. I can guarantee you we're going to have such a laugh over the course of the next hour. We're going to be talking about an absolutely insane, just ridiculous movie. And I thought this was a really good one to do this week because I've wanted to do this movie um, probably since I watched it. I first watched this movie a few months ago. And uh, ever since I watched it, I wanted to do this show on on this uh, movie, sorry, on this show. Uh, and I think the first time I watched it was around the Christmas time. So I didn't really have, uh, I couldn't do it around Christmas time because we were doing our Christmas specials. So I kind of put it off and put it off. And then I thought, you know what, this week, hell, fuck it. We're going to do it. Let's do it. You know, and obviously things are picking back up as well because I've actually booked a holiday. So I've picked myself back up. We're all, we're meant to be going on holiday in July. So I'm really excited about that. Lockdown is going to be over and life will be back to normal by the 21st of June. So they say, in the UK, don't. I think there's got. I can see Boris Johnson putting those indicators on. We're gonna see another U-turn, everyone. It's literally. I'm looking at him now. He's about to do another U-turn as he does. But hey, as of right now, we've got a lot to look forward to. So it's gonna be a really upbeat show. And yeah, on this week's show, we are gonna be talking about 1979's Microwave Massacre. <laughs> What a fantastic name for a movie, Microwave Massacre. Even just the name catches you straight away. And that's the thing that drew me to this movie, as it has with pretty much every person that has probably sat down and experienced this movie, is the name Microwave Massacre. Now, I watched this through Shudder. 
the UK Shudder on Amazon Prime. Uh, so I don't know if it's actually on the Shudder app. I feel like if you've got Shudder via Amazon Prime, you get a lot more movies, I feel, because you get you seem to get movies that are on the Arrow uh, on demand, uh, and they kind of think, oh, well, that one will work on Shudder, so they move it there. I don't think this movie is on the Shudder app, but it is on Shudder if you've got Amazon Prime. And that is really, I've found, the best way at the moment uh, to watch a lot of these kind of movies is through through that because there is so many more movies available when you're watching it through Prime. I don't know how it is or why it is, but it just seems to be the case. Now, so we watched it on that. But I know a lot of people have bought the Arrow Blu-ray release, and I'm actually considering buying this. Even though it's on the Amazon uh, Prime, on Shudder on there, and I can watch it for free, um, I am very tempted to buy this for the special features because I just, you know you know me, I like to, I like a good special feature, I like a good interview, I like a nice Blu-ray artwork. Uh, so I'm very tempted to get that, but a lot of people probably have seen this movie because of the blu-ray and again it's one of those artworks just draw you in um you know you, you see the artwork you're like holy shit what the fuck's that and then you're like the name microwave massacre it is like it's eye-catching it's just everything that you feel like you want in a horror movie so it's like just fucking let's just just you know that's why people pick it up um but unfortunately as we've kind of talked about previously as well we did it on the doom asylum episode we talked about it on there it really does give you a false impression of the movie there is a there's three or four different artworks for this movie uh not all from arrow you know there's like the original one the Arrow release, and I think there's a DVD release, and just general artwork for this movie, really does give you a false impression of what this movie is. And to be honest with you, even the name Microwave Massacre is a... It's, it gives you the wrong... I guess, impression of what the movie is. So let's clear all that up straight away, because this 100% isn't a horror movie. I'm doing it on a horror movie podcast because I think a lot of people think it's a horror movie and I suppose it's it's put across as a horror movie to an extent um, but this is not a horror movie. There is nothing scary about this movie uh, and I, to be honest with you, although it's got a guy going around killing loads of people and cooking them in his microwave, I would really struggle to call this movie a slasher movie because I say on paper... Um, that's what it is. It's a slasher movie, but it's very much a black dark comedy. Um, it's more comedy than horror. Um, it's probably, I would say, 90% slapstick comedy, uh, 10% horror and suspense, and even the horror bits aren't really scary. It's definitely... Um, what well, I would just class this as a low-budget comedy movie, more than a horror movie, but... People call it a horror movie, and that's what it's marketed as, and I suppose that's what it's intended to be, but it is not. <laughs> like, you could... I mean, this this movie is really borderline softcore pornography. Like, there is so much nudity in this movie, and... Um, 
you're, you're just watching it. It's nudity for nudity's sake. And some of the scenes in this movie, you just kind of watch them and you're like, what? Like, there's a scene where I think uh, Donald, who is our killer, he's pouring, like, either butter or mayonnaise all over this really hot woman on this on this table. And she's, like, really loving it. She's like, oh, yeah, you know, like, you know, and there's porn music playing. It's a questionable movie, but it is meant to be a horror movie. Now, weirdly enough, um, even though saying all of that, I do really quite thoroughly enjoy this movie. Um, It definitely falls into the it's so bad, it's good category. Um, I don't think it's as good as Doom Asylum, which we did a few weeks ago. I promise we're going to do more serious horror movies as well shortly because I feel like we've kind of gone off on these like ridiculous movies like we did... um, Doom Asylum, now we're doing this one. But these are just, they're just fun stuff. It's fun stuff. Um, Next week, we'll probably do a bit more of a serious slasher or a serious horror movie or something like that. Not B-movie trash, which is what this is, basically. Um, But yeah, I do do fairly enjoy this movie. This is the second time I've watched it. And I think throughout the uh, whole two experiences, I laughed, I was engaged, and, you know, I couldn't have really asked for much more, um, but there's definitely parts that falls down in this movie, which we're going to get to. Uh, the movie is only an hour and 15 minutes long, so literally you could just blast through this really quickly, you know, you don't have to put any effort or time in, it's not really a confusing storyline, um, I literally, normally I have, like, five pages worth of notes, from a movie this thing i've got like two and a half pages because the the story is really easy there's not really any twists or turns it it's you just it is what it is you know it's an hour and 15 minutes of just nonsense really um so it's really really easy uh to watch um again as i said because i find this is more of a a comedy movie i feel like the jokes do land quite well for me although i've seen and read quite a few reviews where people feel like the comedy misses and yet there is certain parts of the movie where donald is almost breaking the fourth wall and looking and talking into the camera uh, talking to us the audience but yeah so some of those jokes don't really work for me but the some of them really do land really well and um I, actually, I don't think those ones are meant to be funny, but it's what it, there is a lot of laugh out loud moments in this movie, uh, more so than a lot of movies that you see anyway. Um, as I said, there's a lot of uh, tons of gratuitous nudity in this movie, just tons of boobs, tons of naked women. It, I, I what I watched uh, Slumber Party Massacre the other day. This has way more nudity than that one. And that movie was like, there is boobs in literally every single scene. But this movie, like, every woman that gets killed in this movie is naked. That's killed this movie is like completely naked. Um, now onto what I feel really lets this movie down. Um, the, the, the props, the special effects makeup, and the sheer lack of gore 
really lets this movie down. I mean, the the body parts that are in like the microwave and in the garage and what we see on like tables and stuff, they're pretty much store mannequin lookalike arms. They're really, really bad. Um, embarrassingly bad. But I actually thought that was part of the joke of the movie um, where it wasn't meant to look real. It was meant to look ridiculously fake and ridiculously plastic. But that, and that's okay for me um, because I understand I'm on the same level of where this movie actually is. But I can understand if someone was coming into this from from the outside and had never seen this movie before, you would expect more from this movie. I think a lot of people would go away disappointed. Now, I as soon as this movie started and I saw the first scene, I was like, I know what kind of movie this is going to be. Totally understand where we are with this. But a lot of people won't understand that. And yeah, I feel like that really lets the movie down. I feel like there's only two instances in this whole uh, movie where we actually see where we actually see uh, blood, and it's not even gore. Like there's a one where it's he's basically just pouring what looks like tomato sauce down a, a woman's chest, um, and it's meant to look as though he's cutting through her, and it looks fake as hell. It looks awful. Uh, and then there's a scene near the end where he's again he's kind of cutting a body up, uh, and then the blood. The literally someone has just squirted tomato sauce in his face. It looks ridiculous. It looks awful. And I feel like that really lets this movie down because this movie is called Microwave Massacre. The word massacre is in the title, and when and this came out in 1979. Was that four years after the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? One year after Halloween? You are kind of anticipating something else in this movie than what we actually get. Even though, you know, there's actually more blood in this movie than those two movies, to be fair. But yeah, it just does not work for me, unfortunately. All the kills are pretty much off-screen, apart from ones that look ridiculously poor on screen um so yeah that the kills the special effects makeup or lack thereof of any of those things really really lets this movie down um there's i can't think of any kill in this movie that made me go oh shit that's a great kill or anything to write home about anything to say oh wow that that kill i'll re-watch this movie just for that kill this movie isn't a movie that I would recommend to rewatch for any of the kills. I would probably just say, you know, watch it if you're if you're really into bad movies, <laughs> then you know, watch this movie. And I feel like that's where this movie is separate from something like Doom Asylum, which we did a few weeks ago. Whereas Doom Asylum is a bad movie. But that is a that is ten times the slasher movie, ten times the horror movie of what this is because you know there's on screen kills, there's gore effects. It's really good. The killer, you know, doesn't look great, but they've put a bit of effort in. You know, with this movie, I feel like there was no effort put into this. Uh, there was no effort put into it by the special effects makeup. It was just badly done. Having said that, though, and I know I'm kind of sounding like I'm slating it a lot, I actually do find enjoyment out of this for what it is. As a comedy movie, I find enjoyment out of this, and I will watch this movie again as a slasher movie, as a horror movie. Hell no. This movie's garbage as that kind of movie. Um, but and I think a lot. But as I say, the problem is people go into it kind of like I did the first time. It's called Microwave Massacre. The, the, the poster has like 
the the severed head in the microwave which we do see in this movie um even though that's not anywhere near what the head looks like in the movie um you go into this with this preconceived notion that you're going to be watching this you know gore fest essentially and people are going to get cut up and melted in microwaves i don't know something like that but that's really not what you get um but as i said me five or ten minutes into this movie knew exactly what it was going to be um so my expectations went you know from probably up here to way down here and then because my expectations were down here i you know I got my pennies worth. I got my, um, I got what I was expecting. But if you're going through this whole movie thinking, well, well, there's going to be a massacre. Someone's going to get cut up very soon. It's going to really kick off shortly. You're watching the wrong movie. <laughs> so anyway, let's get into um, a little bit of information about the movie itself. The movie was released of. A, a, originally on the 31st of October 1979 um so this was this movie was filmed in like 78 early uh, 79 and it was released in on on Halloween 1979 um as a midnight movie so basically this didn't get a theatrical release or anything like that i believe a midnight movie back in them days was on like cable television and just these random channels would would basically pick up these cheap ass b movies and put them on their channel at midnight as you know this is the premiere this is what it is so uh, that's kind of how this movie got released, which is kind of sad in a way, but, um, you know, it's a movie called Microwave Massacre in 1979. Uh, I don't know what people would be expecting. So it was very, very limited release, probably made next to no money. Um, and then it had a wider VHS release and I believe a short run in theatres, but that didn't happen until 1983. So like, Almost three and a half, four years later, the movie actually gets released on VHS, gets released in theatres, so there was like a big gap there where this movie was just sitting doing nothing. And then I feel like, then I think, sorry, I'm just kind of talking out loud here, um, it was released in like 2006 on a DVD, and then I think a few years ago it was when Arrow released it on, on Blu-ray Special Edition. Um... The movie had a budget of between... It's somewhere between seventy dollars and $80,000, they say. So, not a terrible budget, really, for 1979. And uh, I feel like they probably spent most of that money on the star, which we're going to get to in just a moment. Um, but, yeah, I feel like that really was not very well spent. They should have really... Well... It's difficult, isn't it? Because, you know, clearly most of the money was spent on the main character. Clearly most of the money was spent on the actor, bringing him in. And really, if they'd got someone to do it really cheap, who wasn't a household name at the time, would anybody have watched it? Would anybody have picked it up? And I suppose... At the time, probably the answer would be no. But really now, this the person who plays the main character, Donald isn't really as big of a name so it's not like as i said i keep j jumping back to this one but with doom asylum it has um i totally forgot her name <laughs> from sex in the city uh oh damn why can't i remember her name from sex in the city ah uh, it'll come back to me i can't remember but it's because it's got um holy shit what's she called <laughs> 
I'm remembering it. Um, but it's got the, the girl from the Sex and the City in, so obviously now, back then, she wasn't a star. Now she is, so like people would go back and watch that movie because of that person in the movie. Um, whereas now, people wouldn't really go back and watch this based on who's in it, you know? So probably, I don't know. It was one of those probably decisions, but that's clearly where the majority of the money went in this movie, so... Uh, the movie was directed by Wayne Berwick and written and produced by Thomas Singer. Um, I didn't actually check what else these guys had done. I couldn't really see anything in terms of what they'd done afterwards, to be honest. So probably not much. This movie probably didn't really kickstart their careers, to say the least. Uh, and so let's get it. The movie stars uh, Frosty the Snowman himself, Jackie Vernon, as Donald, a hungry, disgruntled construction worker who just wants a damn bologna and cheese sandwich. That's all he wants. And his wife just keeps making him these ridiculous meals. But we're going to get into all the story in just a moment. Um, yeah, I mean, he is probably the biggest star you know, in the movie that, well, to be honest, I haven't even wrote down any of the other people in this movie because even when you go on like their IMDb pages, not all of them have IMDb, IMDb pages for one. And the ones that do literally are in this and one other movie. So it's, there's really not a lot to write home about the, the extra cast. So that's why I say clearly uh, the money went on this guy and Frosty the Snowman in the 70s was like a massive fucking deal like i think it originally came out in the 60s then it had different kind of specials in the 70s but frosty the snowman was a huge thing in the 1970s so this guy was a big big star back then and uh yeah he is more of like a comedy actor so he would have potentially drawn people to to watch this movie um and as i said not much else to report or say about the rest of the cast the whole movie really revolves around jackie vernon around donald he's in every single scene in the movie um it's almost like a not a documentary but like the camera is constantly on Jackie Vernon, the camera is constantly on Donald. There is literally not a minute in this movie that he isn't really in, to be honest. Maybe like a few minutes at the start and one or two minutes halfway through. But for the more majority of this movie, it's the camera's on Jackie Vernon, camera's on Donald, our main man, and that's literally it. And, you know, he interacts with the odd other character around him, such as his wife, uh, the barman, he, uh, the, the, the doctor, he goes and see the doc, goes see two doctors in this movie, uh, the two construction workers who are his, like, his pals who he goes drinking with, uh, plus some, like, random naked woman um but no other big names really and no one really um did anything after this to be honest that's a real shame but yeah that's basically the cast <laughs> jackie vernon so there you go uh, right so let's get on to our blow by blow of the movie um let's talk microwave massacre Okay, so let's get straight into this one. Now, the movie itself starts with this shot of a massive pair of boobs. Like, <laughs> there's this lady walking down the street. Her boobs... She's got them covered up at this point in time. But she's walking down the street. There's this disco music playing. And her boobs are just 
bouncing around all over the place. So as I say, within, and you get a shot of her ass and her boobs and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, within literally a couple of minutes, you can really tell what kind of movie you're in for. And uh, I feel like if you're, again, as I say, if you're going into this thing and you're going to see like a massacre, this first few minutes probably really shows you straight away um, that's not really going to be the case um, for the most part anyway. Uh, And it feels like this person who plays this girl completely forgot how to walk like she like the camera is clearly like in front of her following and she's walking towards the camera down the street the camera is like you know walking backwards or on some sort of you know uh wheel device kind of walking kind of thing and yeah she's like waving her arms everywhere she looks like vince mcmahon walking to the ring about to cut a promo that's literally what she looks like she's like completely forgotten how to walk she's doing this ridiculous power stance and she's so clearly like um she is so aware that the camera is on her and that she has to walk and it's kind of like you know when you have to do something even though it's something like completely mundane like walking um when you have to do it in front of like a camera you're like how the hell do i walk how do i you know how do i walk you know do i do this do i do that you know it's a one of those things that it's as soon as the camera is on you you completely forgot how to do it even though it's a task you've done every single day uh your entire life it's just hilarious um and the so we get to the construction site which is where uh, donald works and he's there and he's trying to enjoy his lunch and then i don't know how this happened like but and i'm i've like I say i've watched this a couple of times and i was just like what on earth is happening here so basically the girl <laughs> who we see with the boobs the big boobs she looks in to the quarry or the building site and there is this gap in the fence which is just so happens to be a boob-shaped gap in the fence and she's looking through and then some guy comes up and like pinches her on the ass and then she her boobs fall into the gap in the fence and then the boobs are out like the first tit shot of the movie the boobs are out (laughs) they're just kind of squeezed into this bloody gap in the fence so it's almost she's got herself caught in the fence with her boobs hanging out it's just like it reminded me of and i know i kind of bring this up um a little bit much on this on like this podcast recently but it reminded me of the in-betweeners episode where jay says something like oh yeah it was like oh yeah no whatever steve smith i don't know what you know whatever the guy whatever he said oh yeah uh did you hear about what happened to him at the weekend and they're all like no 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 got his head stuck in a bottle bank got ass raped 15 times <laughs> and then wills just said okie dokie let me get this straight you're just happy you know he got his head stuck in a bottle bank and then you're telling me the first 15 people to discover him in this way were opportunistic rapists. <laughs> it's like, um, it kind of felt like that because why would you get your head stuck in a bottle bank? Why would she get her boobs caught in this like fence? It was just absolutely ridiculous. Um, and yeah, so we, so we are introduced to Jackie Vernon's character of Donald, and he is just sick of his wife's cooking, his wife's food, and she's made him this, like, giant lobster sandwich, and again, as I say, this moment in the movie kind of shows you what you're in for for the rest of the movie, because he's, he's eating this, like, Flintstone-esque sandwich, like, it's ginormous, it's 
huge. It's clearly made of plastic. He's got like these this giant piece of lettuce, this joke lettuce. It's literally like if you've seen the the Flintstones movie. Uh, with John Goodman, uh, the original one from like 1993 or whatever it was, and they're all having their lunch, and he has like those giant sandwiches, and they're having the lunch at the quarry. That's exactly what this looked like, and I was looking at it the first time, thinking, hmm, like. Is this going to be a horror movie? Because it doesn't look like it's going to be. Uh, funny thing, actually, the first time I watched this movie, and it brought the memories back last night as I was watching the movie, um, I had a horrendous microwave meal from Aldi. It was um, it was a new one that they had. It was like this sausage, uh, red bean, red pepper casserole thing. Uh, a slim, fast meal, you know, look after myself. Um... And I remember getting it, I was really looking forward to having it, and then I put it in, and I ate it whilst I was watching this movie, and I felt sick, because the food was disgusting, I was looking at poor Donald, and the food he was eating, and he was eating, like, dog eats dog food in this film, bless him, and uh, I was like, oh, and it did. watching the movie last night just brought back the feeling, and the texture, and the taste of this horrible microwave meal that I got from Aldi, and I was just like, oh man... I should not have had that. Even three months later, I'm still feeling the effects of that damn microwave meal. Um, now, again, were microwaves ever this big? So we see, we get to the house, we get to, uh, to Donald's house, and we meet his wife. And she's, like, literally filming. I wonder if they used this as a microwave commercial. Because it's literally like she's as if she's talking to the camera, filming a microwave commercial whilst filming this scene it's such a weird thing um and like the microwave is huge like the microwave is like the size of an oven like a big oven like these days and i was like were microwaves ever this big this sound this is dangerous like you are gonna get like tumors from how many microwaves are gonna be coming into your house because of the size of this fucker like it was huge it was almost jokey so i mean this was back in the 70s you know so i don't know if that's what microwaves were actually like back then but microwaves were absolutely huge back <laughs> like in this movie anyway they're incredible they're, jo- they're a joke how big they are um we we also meet donald's neighbor here as well so donald gets home from work and we meet his neighbor and she's always having sex parties next door <laughs> like there's guys like in leather and she's obviously having like a threesome at this moment when we meet her like she's literally having sex all the time if she's not having sex she's doing a gardening with a dildo literally this is her, the neighbor and again, it's almost like they're taking the mick out of pornography in this movie because there's a scene later on in the movie where Donald gets home from work and uh, we already know that this, this woman just has sex ran- like all the time. Like that she doesn't work, she just has sex or, you know, whatever. Um, and the postman, or was it the postman or an electrician comes? Uh, I might have been an electrician, I'm not sure, but he's like, oh, you got a problem with your electricity? And she just grabs him. And it's almost as if they're filming a porno at the house because, you know, it's just such a, a generic porno scene, isn't it, from like back then, uh, where you would have like this story of like the the 
plumber or the electrician who knocks on the door and in he comes and you know satisfies the woman and i was like mm, that was a quite a, a funny nod considering there's a lot of porn-esque references uh, or at least a lot of um classic kind of 80s porn references in this movie not that i watch a lot of classic 80s porn but you know the the generic joke of what porn is is in this movie a lot <laughs> it's it's quite funny um and yeah, so he gets home to his wife and they absolutely hate each other. It is so funny to just do everything that they can to piss each other off. Um, it, they've obviously just been married so long that they just don't like each other anymore. Um, but yeah, it was just hilarious. And she's like, don't you mess up that couch that I've just cleaned. And he jumps on the couch and rubs his feet. And he's doing everything he can just to piss her off. And likewise, and he just hates that damn microwave, hates the cooking. She's making all this food. It's cheap. It's good for a budget. And he hates it. All he wants is a bologna and cheese sandwich. Just give the guy a bloody bologna and cheese sandwich, man. Uh, oh, and there's, <laughs> there's a great line in this. Great line in this this moment where they're kind of sitting down for a meal and she's got like the candles out and <laughs> she's not a good actress. Okay, the person who plays Donald's wife is not a good actress whatsoever. Um, but I feel like that does kind of add to the scene a little bit so like uh she's donald saying oh when was the last time we had sex it was like 1970 1963 or something ridiculous like that and then she's like some men still find me attractive you'll know and it's like she's like holding her breasts while she's saying it and donald just comes back with the quickest one line you'll ever hear he's like how should I know them? I didn't attend the Braille Institute. And it's just like, oh, she's absolutely fuming. And I didn't notice that line the first time I watched the movie. And then I watched it last night. He said that line and I was just in absolute tears. I thought that was fucking hilarious. Um, and yet the guy is so hungry and it's no wonder. So basically the first kind of 20 to 25 minutes of this movie is we just see Donald get hungrier and hungrier, losing the plot as he goes goes along. And he gets so hungry and so sick of his wife's cooking that he ends up eating dog food and has a dog food sandwich. I mean, Jesus Christ, this poor guy, all he wants is a ham and cheese sandwich. And he's so sick of his wife's cooking, it's so bad that he eats dog food for his lunch. And it's it's kind of sad in a weird way. Even though you're not meant to take this movie serious, but I was just like, man, you've got to feel sorry for this guy. All he wants is a sandwich. You know. Um, there's a random... I think it's the same girl who we see with the boobs out at the very start of the movie. She comes back to the building site and just she just gets hit on by like one of the sleazy builders straight away but she's just walking around the building site with her ass out in her heels it's like what are you doing what you know what is going on here and she ends up like kissing the builder pretty much straight well like when you know all he does is sit her down and then he's just they just kiss each other and it's like hmm it's very strange and she got denied by the the gear builder which is hilarious he was and i totally didn't see that coming because he's just like this big you know, muscly bodybuilder kind of builder. Uh, and then he just plays this gay character so well. It's kind of like big gay Al-esque and how over the top he is. It's really, really funny stuff. Um, 
So again, Donald gets home and his wife he says she's like, I've slaved over that microwave all afternoon. It's like slaved over the microwave? What's going on here? Um And as said, his wife's over-the-top reactions are just hilariously bad. So, Don- <laughs> I'm laughing just thinking about it. Donald uh, get, like, spits water onto his wife's plate and her face is just like, oh, oh, oh. it's like so funny because she's so bad. It's like not meant to be serious, but it's so funny and so bad. And yeah, Donald just completely loses the plot. He comes home drunk, loses the plot, and kills his wife. And it's actually quite brutal, really, because we see that he's choking her, he's hitting her over the head with the pepper shaker, but it's off-screen, and that's the problem. It's off-screen. If we had got some shots of this on-screen, I would have been quite happy. But yeah, it was off-screen, as all the kills are. So it really was, even though like Jackie Vernon's face is really intense and he's really like walloping whatever he's hitting with that with that pepper shaker is really hitting it hard. But it just it's off screen. It just you know it we don't really get anything unfortunately from it. So it's a real shame that. Uh, and he wakes up the next day. He's hungover and he's forgotten everything. He's forgotten that he's killed his wife, and he's put his wife in the microwave. This looks terrible. <laughs> like, so he's not even it. It's not even that. I feel like when he when he discovers his wife in the microwave, it's meant to be that he has cut her head off. Um, like, and it's meant to just be the head. That's what what we're meant to believe and see is just her head in the microwave. But you see, like, literally her torso as well. It's clear that they've just put a picture of her in the microwave, or you know, showing you a picture of her on the screen. <laughs> it it looks terrible. It really does. Um, and there's, I'd like say, a lot of fourth wall breaking in this. Jackie Vernon, he's talking to the camera. Uh, he's looking at the audience and he's like, May is in the microwave. And it's just like, it's not, that's not funny. The funny bits in this, I think, are the unintentional one liners, the facial expressions of his wife, and the bad acting is what's funny in this movie. The comedy on that side of things isn't very funny. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was a bit of a missed opportunity. And then he puts his wife on the slow boil. <laughs> I feel like he just, he discovers his wife in the microwave and then's like, slow boil, off we go. Maybe this was the first slow cooker because it's a microwave. Like my microwave, I couldn't put my microwave on all day. Like it would explode. <laughs> like my house would literally be on fire by the time I get back. So like he leaves it on all day on a slow boil. So these microwaves are very different to the microwaves we have today. Um, so um, his two work colleagues as well, I didn't get the names, their names aren't really too important, to be honest. But they're very entertaining. They bounce off each other really well. Uh, works. Uh, they just work really well together. I thought that's what I kind of put down here. They work really well together. Good chemistry. Quite good comedy. Really enjoyable characters for the most part. Um, we get back home and May's head has shrunk in the slow boil. Like it's pruned and it looks 
like it's it the, the, the it's terrible like the head is terrible it's they're trying to well actually i say they're trying to this was before friday the 13th so they're actually not trying to do anything um but they uh, the head looks like it's made of paper mache. Like it literally looks like something that someone made in junior art co- in art school, in primary school, or or something like that. It literally looks like it's made of paper mache. Someone stuck a grey wig on it. It doesn't even look anything like the wife. Like it's meant to be the wife's head. It looks absolutely nothing like her. It looks totally. Uh, it just looks like some random old woman but it definitely doesn't look like his wife who it's meant to be uh so yeah that really that really doesn't look good uh and he puts her in the fridge and he accidentally starts eating it like he accidentally goes into cannibalism so he's like killed his wife and he's like yeah fine i killed his wife and he's put her in the in the fridge i think or killed her and chopped her up put her in the fridge uh, and I don't think he has any intention of going to cannibalism at this point because he's, you know, having a bologna and cheese sandwich. He's quite happy with everything. His wife's dead. All he wanted was his wife to die. He didn't want to eat her. And then he picks up what he thinks is meat and it's his wife's hand. And he starts eating the wife's hand and loves it. He's like, oh, wow, this is really tasty. And that's what converts him to cannibalism. So he's like... He wasn't originally going out to eat anyone, he or cook anyone. He did cook his wife in the in the microwave, but not with the intention to eat her, to maybe just shrink her. I don't know. It was very strange. Um, and the co-workers love his food, so he like cooks me, and uh, he's like feeding his co-workers his dead wife, and they're like, "This is fantastic! I've never, heard, I've never tasted anything like it. It's like I've not quite got it down yet. I've not quite got the the recipe perfected." Um, now the big elephant in this room, the big elephant in this movie is, for the rest of the movie, Donald seems to pull all of these really attractive women. He takes them home, and I don't think these are prostitutes. Like, I will just say that straight off. I feel like the one at the very end of the movie is a prostitute. That's fairly easy to notice because she's literally standing on the street corner, jumps in, and, you know, he, he kind of picks her up, like, as, you know, people do with prostitutes. Um, so the one at the end is definitely a prostitute. I don't think any of the other women are prostitutes. I think they're there on their own free will, and genuinely find Donald attractive and genuinely want to have sex with Donald. So the whole thing is he literally just picks these women up. He's like a a massive player. He picks up like this woman from the bar, takes her home, kills her, uh, and kills her with the pillow. Uh, And then he's like, I think he's like the first one he kills. He um, puts her like on the table and he's like, I'm so hungry, I could eat a whore. And then starts going her up. The thing is as well, when these women are, oh, sorry. Uh, When these women are naked on his kitchen table and he's about to chop them up, they're clearly still alive. They're breathing. Like there is literally, they're, they're breathing. They're trying not to breathe. But they are so blatantly breathing. And that completely takes you out of it as well, unfortunately. Um, So, yeah, I mean, Donald just goes on this really crazy murder spree and just picks up all of these hot women and killing them. Like, 
there's a one where he picks up this woman who is dressed as a chicken and he gets her home like she's like oh i'm i'm not that kind of chicken if you want the finger licking good stuff you need to go to kfc down the road and he just gets her home and it looks as though he literally just gets her home straight away and she's got her tits out and he's motorboating this woman and you're just like what the fuck how is he managing to do this you know he's not like an attractive man and all these women just want him like it's just ridiculous and he's happy with that because then he can kill them all and eat them. So it's just crazy. Um, but how did how is he pulling all these women? I just do not understand it. There's quite a lot of filler scenes in this movie, unfortunately, as well. So the movie is only an hour and 15 minutes long. But there is a lot of filler in this movie. Um, like there's a scene where him and his co-workers go to a drive through totally pointless uh there's a scene of this homeless guy rummaging through the bins totally pointless again um yeah there is a lot of pointless scenes in this movie that add absolutely nothing to it uh see the one of the old woman walking across the road so there's a lot of stuff in this movie just there to pad the time out um and it but adds absolutely nothing to the movie unfortunately uh he go- there's a really funny scene because he goes to see a shrink because he's obviously worried that he's you know killing these women and eating them and all this kind of stuff and he's genuinely opening up to this doctor this shrink and he's telling him everything and the guy's asleep and then when the guy wakes up he thinks that donald's talking about going down on women and he looks like hey there's nothing more natural than that donald you just get down there and get on eating and they will love you for it and it's like he thinks that donald is going down on these women when he's actually physically eating them it's just really, really funny stuff. Um, and the doc- I say the Doctor is um, a really funny character. There's two Doctors in this movie. There's another scene where he goes and see a Doctor. Um, and the Doctor is just a terrible, terrible actor. Uh, but there's a nurse in that scene, in the second Doctor scene, where he just... The nurse just hands the Doctor his file. And, like, and the Doctor goes, you know... Don't call me that again. If you call me that again, I will fire you. And then the nurse is like, oh, sorry, doctor. And then she walks off the screen looking at the camera. She's if she's looking at the director going, did I do a good job? Did I do a good job? And the, doc- the director's just like, get off the screen, get off the screen, get off the shot. It's really funny. It's really bad. It's really bad. But what, what would you expect else from this movie, man? You know? Um. So... Another thing, like, is May, so his head, the wife's head, is that haunted? Is it still alive? Because he takes it out of the fridge and then it moves around the garage. Is the head haunted? I don't really know. It's like, we that's the only, we only see in that one scene the head move or disappear. And it's like, are we, is Donald just losing his mind or is the head actually moving? So, yeah, there's there's that. On top of all of this, the head could be haunted. <laughs> so May's sister comes around as well, and she's like, "Where's May? Where's May?" And he is—he's got like, he- um, <clears throat> sorry, May's head in his other hand behind her back, behind his back, whilst her sister is like shouting at him. It's really funny stuff. And um, he goes, "I'll show you, May. She's just in bed. She's not very well." And he puts the 
the the head, the shrunken head in the bed, and she and the sister believes it. Like the sister is like, oh, she doesn't look very well. Maybe we should go and see a doctor. It's like, are you blind? Like is th- and that's what makes me think that the way this movie is written, that they think it, the characters are meant to see this head and think this is what May looks like. They actually model. So for me, I actually feel like it was kind of accidentally well written that the head was or the head was put on the slow boil all day in the microwave which would make you think it would shrink and get all crusty and horrible but i don't think that's what they were actually going for i just think that was a complete happy accident that they put it on the slow boil because the actors are reacting to the head as if that's what may looks like so it's like what the fuck and she gets like literally right up close to it she's literally a foot away and she's like stroking it saying oh may you look terrible it's like you look terrible the fucking head shrunk she's clearly dead i was like oh my god it was just ridiculous and he ties her up in the cupboard because he's like oh no i can't eat her he doesn't want to eat her he only eats young attractive women who he's had sex with he doesn't want to eat may's old sister so that's kind of funny in a way he's like so he just ties her up um in the cupboard uh and we so as i said before i didn't mention it but when he goes to see the second doctor he's actually got to get his pacemaker checked which so we he has like a little heart attack and then we see him get a pacemaker so that all works around to the end of the um <clears throat> of the movie um and he so he's still feeding his co-workers all these girls and it's in the news that all these girls are going missing and he's like yeah i live around that corner Oh, in that um, neighbourhood, rather. And he's like, oh, nothing nothing unbeknown happening there. <laughs> Even though the co-workers are literally eating the girls that they're reading about in the paper there and then. Uh, so, yeah, so he picks up the prostitute. He picks up the last prostitute. And the last prostitute is in the house. And she's definitely a prostitute. Like The other ones, I do believe, were there on their own bat. I feel like he picked them up. But this one, I feel like he just, you know, kills. He just picks her up and says, I need a prostitute, kills her. Um, And she's in the house. And, like, lightning strikes and she reacts to the lightning. And then she looks outside and it's a sunny day. It's a clear sunny day. So, was that a thing for May's head? Like, did she do that to warn her to get out of there? I don't know. Like, it was weird. So... There's a bit of supernatural going on in this movie because I say, why would the lightning strike the house on a sunny day? Was that May saying, get the hell out of there? I don't know. It was a bit of a strange one. And the bread roll in May's sister's mouth just gets more moldy every time we see. We literally see her in the cupboard two, three times, and every time the bread roll gets more and more moldy that's in her mouth. So I actually find that I thought that was quite nice attention to detail. Probably better attention to detail than a lot of other stuff in this movie. And she's like looking a lot more decrepit, a lot more ill, a lot more tired every time we see her so yeah that was actually pretty good going actually that was probably the best attention to detail in the whole movie like that little bit of may's sister in the cupboard was probably one of the best things in terms of attention to detail anyway uh, and he's talking about his uh, <laughs> it's just like he's talking to his co-worker uh co-workers at the quarry 
As you said, there's not not many scenes in this movie. It's literally you're at the the building site of the quarry or at the house. There's nothing in between. Um, and he says he's making Peking chick for for lunch. He needs to go and pick it up for for to, for the for the lunch tomorrow. And the cork is like, "Don't you mean Peking duck?" He's like, "No, I mean Peking chick." And then we we jump to the house. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. We jump then probably six hours ahead and Donald is there cutting up uh, this Asian woman and all we see is there's this Asian music playing in the background. We have these giant round stereotypical glasses and a Chinese kind of ladies looking hair like with the chopsticks through the top of it. It's so stereotypical and it looks like he's killed Edna Mode from The Incredibles. It's just fucking ridiculous. Um, the two, and then like literally out of nowhere, we feel like I feel like something's building up, something's building up, something's building up, and then the two co-workers uh, come to pick Donald up for their night out, and then he's literally there, lying dead on the floor. So we don't even see him die. So he's killed all of these people, and we don't even get the satisfaction of seeing Donald die. Like literally, he's there cutting up the Chinese lady. And then the co-workers come in to pick him up for their you know, night out, and then he's literally just lying there dead on the floor, and that's when the co-workers see, find the the body parts in the uh, in the microwave and all that kind of stuff. Terrible over-the-top acting as well by one of them. It's like, I'm going to be sick, you know? <laughs> it's awful stuff. Um, but yeah, it's like, what? It's like, just, it feels like there's a scene missing. It feels like there's a scene missing where we see Donald die, but it's literally not, not, He's just, he's just lying on the floor dead. And it's explained at the end of the movie, so the removal men are coming in to take all of Donald's stuff out, and it's explained that Donald had a heart, massive heart attack because of the wiring in the microwave was tampered with so that he... So it would mess... It's basically said it's a death trap for anybody with a pacemaker. Now, that leads me to think, did the head of did the haunted head of may do this did she tamper with the wires or did she tamper with the wires when she was alive and thinking that donald would eventually use the microwave and then have a heart attack from there did she want him dead they both hated each other maybe donald just got there first and killed her first but obviously had that not happened, he would have died of a heart attack eventually because she would have tampered with the wires. So I'm not too sure whether she did that beyond the grave or whether she just did that in real life and uh, eventually that just caught up with Donald. Bit of a strange one. Um, but either way, I feel like May did it. So it kind of comes back around, May did it, because we see the final shot of the movie is uh, we see May's head in the microwave and the eyes light up. Um, which I don't think means the head's alive by any stretch of the imagination. I feel like it's just there for like a cheap jump scare at the end of the movie, even though it's not scary uh, and isn't a jump scare, but that's what it's designed to do. Um, and yeah, I feel like that's just like a cheap way of end the movie, but it kind of leads that question open as did the did the spirit of May kill kill Donald or did? Was she going to do that anyway? So, you know, it's just one of those things. 
Uh, but yeah, what a bit of a poor end to the movie because for the most part it's an enjoyable film. The ending of the movie is just quite abrupt um, and I feel like there's just a little scene missing there. I actually would have preferred his co-workers to maybe kill him where, you know, because they've been friends throughout and maybe he tries to kill them after they discover the body parts and then they have to kill him to survive. I feel like that would have added another 10 minutes to the movie uh, and it would have been a really good way for him to be killed off. But yeah, one of those things. Um, overall, this is a relatively fun movie. You know, it's a comedy movie. Don't go into it thinking you're going to see a you know a scary massacre-style movie at all. Not even a slasher movie. Go into it thinking you're going to see a, a comedy movie. And I feel like you will probably enjoy it for the most part. Would I recommend this movie... I think I would, because it's so ridiculous. So I feel like you've got to watch this movie at least once. And as I said earlier, it's only an hour and 15 minutes long, so it's not really going to take any time out of your day. You know, you're not, like, having to dedicate hours and hours of your life to it. Just go and check it out. It's a really quick film. It's a fun film. And I feel like it's ridiculous enough that you have to see it. You know, if you're remotely interested in those kind of slasher B-movie trash movies, that this movie is definitely for you. Um, so, but in terms of a rating, I would probably have to give it like a 4 out of 10. Um, I can't, maybe even a 3 out of 10. I can't really give it, as even though I enjoyed the movie and I would recommend it, can't really give it any higher than that, to be honest, can you? Because it's just a, one of those movies that is trash. Um, it's garbage, but, you know, it's a fun watch as well. So, But in terms of quality and giving things official ratings, can't really give this anywhere between a, any higher than a 3 or a 4, anyway, in my opinion. Um, so... Without any further ado, let's get on to the trivia. Let's wrap this thing up. Let's get on to it and let's do the trivia of Microwave Massacre. And there is not a lot of trivia at all. I could not find hardly any trivia on this. So let's get on to what I could find. Um, the film was the final film uh, of Jackie Vernon's career. The movie was filmed in August and September 1979. Uh, but as I said earlier, not released... Um, you know, nationally or given a wider release until September 1983. Uh, the movie was released on a full screen, unrated DVD by Anthem Pictures in 2006. The front case art trumped the film as the worst horror movie of all time. <laughs> it's probably quite true. Uh, and uncut slash unrated as selling points. And director Wayne Berrick makes an uncredited cameo as one of the movers who discovers the faulty wiring in the microwave which causes the death of Jackie Vernon's character. That's literally all... <laughs> that's literally all the trivia I could find. There was literally hardly any trivia on this movie. Amazingly, we've talked for like 55, 56 minutes on Microwave Massacre. When I came into this, this episode today, I was really worried it was going to be like 30 minutes, 40 minutes. It's going to be a really short episode. So at least we've managed to stretch this to an hour. I hope you've enjoyed it. That is Microwave Massacre in the bag. It was a fun one to talk about. Uh, this is probably going to be the last one of the kind of more trashy, crap, garbage movies. Um, because even though I said that Doom Asylum was that kind of level movie, this one is 
way bottom of the pile. Like, Doom Asylum is fucking John Carpenter's Halloween compared to this movie. So, like, literally, that's that's the difference in that. So, from next week, we're going to get back on to um, a more serious horror movie. I don't know what we're going to cover yet, uh, but it will be a more serious movie in the next episode. So, stay tuned for that. Um, and then we might come back to these kind of campy, trashy movies eventually, but we need to start racking up some more serious movies again, or, you know, at least not 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 um b movie trash horror movies anyway like get you know some proper slasher movies back out there again so we're going to do that in the next um next episode but in the meantime everyone uh please do leave us a rating and a review on apple podcasts or subscribe to us wherever you're listening to us it really would help us if you can give us a five-star review that would be awesome and if you have time please do write us a little review Uh, i'd really love to hear your feedback on the show Uh, and it just does help you know more people discovering the show and getting more people listening to Slasher Street. Um, so yeah, um, if give us a like on Facebook, Slasher Street Podcast on Facebook. Uh, we do have an online store as well, t-shirts, phone cases, all that good swag. The link is in the show notes. Go and check that out as well. All very cheap. I try and make them as close to cost prices as possible. So, you know, do just uh, check that out. And yeah, and that pretty much wraps up this week's show. Microwave Massacre is in the bag. Thank you so much for joining me, everyone. I hope you all had a fun time with me here talking about an utterly ridiculous movie. Uh, I will see you all next week. And in the meantime, there's only one thing left to do, and that is to stay scared. It cannot be. My eyes are deceiving me. What you see is real. What's done is done, and what I've done is right. The work with science. Yeah.